Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's literary officer and your host, Jennifer Williams. Welcome to another edition of our ongoing series of Travcast interviews with playwrights, in which we talk to playwrights about their current work and also explore some of their thoughts about the art of playwriting and the part it plays in their lives. Today we are lucky enough to have with us the playwright Claire Duffy. Um, And Claire is more than just a playwright. Claire is a playwright, a director, a dramaturg, and I'm sure many other wonderful things as well. And she's in the final year of her doctoral research as practice in playwriting at Glasgow University. She co-founded Unlimited Theatre in 1997 and continues to write and create new work as a co-director of Unlimited Theatre, working nationally and internationally across different media. Unlimited Theatre moved into the West Yorkshire Playhouse in 2012. Claire's next play, How Do You Sleep at Night, is a 15-minute play commissioned for the launch of Agent 160, a new theatre company run by 14 female playwrights and which will be performed in February in Chapter Arts Centre Cardiff, Theatre 503 London and The Arches Glasgow, which I'm excited about because I'm going to it. (laughs) Claire won the Platform 18 Arches New Directors Award in 2011, which uh, is also supported by the Traverse Theatre and the National Theatre of Scotland. This enabled her to write and direct Money, the game show for the Arches Glasgow and Traverse Theatre Edinburgh in March 2011. Claire is now working with Unlimited to hopefully tour Money in 2012. Her new play, Anna, co-written with Pierre-Yves Lemieux, opened in Montreal at Espasco in November 2011 and will tour Scotland in spring 2012, and that's also coming to the Traverse. Claire is also currently commissioned by Magnetic North Edinburgh to write Some Other Stars about a man with locked-in syndrome. Claire's first full-length play, Crossings, was produced and published in 2005 by Script Cymru, it, it won a Pearson Award and a year's residency at the West Yorkshire Playhouse. She's also written drama for BBC Radio 4. So, Claire, you have been very busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it sounds like it when you read it all together. Like yeah, it's a, it's a very wonderful, exciting bio you've got there. So much going on. Um, I just had the pleasure of reading, or sort of half reading, because my French isn't really good enough uh, to get it all, but uh, reading Anna, which... Um, is a play that's coming here in March. Um, and I just thought it would be really interesting to hear you talk about where this project came from. And it, it's a, a play that has been written by you and another writer, and it's in two different languages. And those are all also themes which are reflected in the play. Um, so uh, obviously we don't want to give give too much away. But yeah, if you just wanted to talk a bit about that, and I was wondering whether you speak French and things like that. Um well, my French is very far from fluent, um, but it's, I, I guess uh, it's good enough for me to understand most, mostly, I don't know, it's really difficult actually to, to actually be able to judge how good your uh, language skills are, even when you're sort of in, in conversation, because actually there's such a big gap between what you think you're communicating and what you can understand has been understood by the person that you're talking to. Um, and that's just in conversation. So imagine when you're actually translating, um, you know, text uh, and, uh, you know, drama, written down scripts. Um, it's, it's, ph- it's, it's, it's phenomenally difficult and a, a true art form, actually, the 
which is something that I'd really discovered through this process of um, co-writing Anna and also being part of the translation process. So because um, Pierre-Yves and myself both wrote some of the some of our scenes or some of the parts of the play that we've we wrote, we both wrote for it to actually be performed in another language. So we've both written in our own language and also written in our own language so that it would be translated. So, that, yeah, so there's lots of different levels of whether something's been translated or whether it's been written to be translated and, yeah. yeah. And on it goes. And I guess that's a, a really kind of key theme in the play, which is the uh, questions of, I don't know, identity and uh, sanity are all about mirrors, looking at mirrors and language is kind of a, a great metaphor for that if you kind of just try and understand somebody in your own language sometimes it can be really hard as I'm sure anybody that's been in a relationship will you know agree to yeah. um so uh so yeah also my partner's French so I guess there's a kind of bilingual element to my my lifestyle mm. anyway so fantastic and so did you find that did you two kind of discuss the narrative of the play and then divvy up the scenes, or did you? Was it more um, uh, kind of one of you writing a bit and then the other responding? There How was, was kind of a bit of everything, really. Mm. Um, uh, this, I mean, there was quite a long process um, of gestation of this project before it became uh, a play or a script. Um, when Muriel Romanis came to me and sort of offered me kind of the, the opportunity to sort of take part in the project, um, we were workshopping ideas sort of in very kind of general ways and also, you know, yeah, everybody was kind of, uh, you know, try, sort of throwing ideas around together in the room through workshop styles. And out of that came an idea which I proposed um, which was that there would be a character who could split because it just seemed to me that because our main themes were women, madness or depression and creativity that if you had a character, a central character who could split, it just func it would just function in a very simple and pragmatic way as a really effective way of being able to throw the, the the language, the tongue, the speech of the play into another place, into another world and allow for another writer to take hold of that character in their own way rather than having to, um, to unify a character necessarily all the time. Um, so, so there was quite, quite a lot of that sort of idea had been developed um, and then Pierre-Yves came on board with the project and he wrote some great scenes sort of in response to the scenes that I'd already written so I suppose in that sense it was a you know a kind of baton passing process mm. but then um through Claire Shapiro who's the um, producer in Montreal she brought in two dramaturgs who are based in Montreal one French speaking and one English speaking wow. and so then the Five of us, so me, Pierre-Yves, and the two dramaturgs, and um, Claire Shapiro, workshopped the structure of the the plot, if you like, of how this character might evolve over time. And then, of course, Serge Delancourt, who's the director, came in um, before that part of the process and said, well, I think we should take this element of the idea, lose that element of the idea, bring some other parts forward so th so there was a lot you know a lot in terms of 
the, the sort of the sharing of that development of structure after Pierre Eve and I had developed some of the script. And then we went, right, okay, let's, let's restructure. And so we, we blocked out different scenes and we divvied them up and wrote, read them, wrote them, shared them, rewrote them, shared them again, cut them all, put them all back together again, then translated them, then cut them again. Uh, you know, and at some point you just don't know quite what the process was and, and also you have to in such a collaborative process I think like let go as well so you kind of see you kind of say goodbye to it and it takes on its own life. So that does sound like such a collaborative process and while all theatre um, more so than some other art forms where you can really work as an individual ends up having to be collaborative in some way or other to bring it to the stage um, I think this is so exciting, this notion that right from the offing, almost, this was more than one person contributing. And as far as I can tell, again, I, not having the French, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting all of it, but the the play feels very, very whole to me. Oh, that's fantastic. And Great. That, that makes me think that it was a really successful process because with that many people working, it could either... Um, have fallen apart into little bits, mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel that way at all. Oh, that's so great. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I'm really glad that you feel that way. When yeah. it is played, is, is there any subtitling that goes on or yep. is the audience? Yeah, there is subtitling. Um, and I think that's something that's been developed somewhat in the process of production. Um, so, and I think it will probably be something that's tweaked as well for a Scottish audience. I'm not sure. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work. It's very exciting actually to think how far you could push that question of subtitling and how much people are willing to accept that they don't necessarily understand everything in terms of the language and how much you can make sure that everybody doesn't that everybody in the audience feels confident that they've understood the show even if maybe they've not understood the language because that's also part of the it could be part of the drama and the the, the feeling of being disorientated. So if you have a character who is feeling disorientated and you as an audience member are being made to feel a bit disorientated, then that could be dramatically an incredibly exciting thing. On the other hand, it could be an incredibly frustrating thing. So there's a very kind of interesting balance to be played with, I suppose, and experimented with there. Yes, and that, yeah. all, that just triggers... I, I just caught a bit of... My partner was watching a programme yesterday about someone with multiple personality disorder. Oh, OK, yeah. And uh, I, I just caught the littlest bit of it, but I think it was the, w the woman saying that... Um, she missed one of the voices in her mm. head. Now she's, I think, on medication or um, ha under some sort of treatment, so they're not active. And yet th she was saying that voice, um, she missed it because it had hel helped her through a lot of bad times. And again, I thought that was so interesting. It, it just seemed there, there are themes, again, of sort of madness and dissociation and, and almost something like multiple personalities in Anna. And um, yeah, that sense of how something can simultaneously be called madness or could be something really helpful to an individual is mm. it's really interesting. Yeah, well. I think really all these terms about mental health, be it madness or depression, are so impossible to pin down in a satisfactory way. Um, and I suppose that's where I think theatre has at least an opportunity to rise to a challenge of trying to create something of an experience that might create some sympathy or associations where you can kind of get it a bit maybe or or just kind of go wow i would never be able to get that 
and that maybe is a good thing as well. So there's a kind of sense of celebrating all the extremes of human experience rather than trying to go, well, that's depression, bad, and that's, <laughs> you know, really dangerous, you're mad, you need to be locked up. And, you know, just kind of opening up those different experiences because it's all part of life, I suppose. Yes, so. yeah. And, and not necessarily... Uh, something in in the box of bad isn't uh -huh, always yeah. bad for the person no. or and it might be terrible uh, you know a terribly difficult experience to go through but that doesn't mean to say that, that it's all bad you know it's not to you know to belittle that experience yeah. or the tragedy of you know the experiences that people have who are in those kinds of states yeah. uh, as um, not to give too much away but in the play there's some sort of quite tough things that happen so that, you know, I don't want to kind of belittle that. Yeah. It's it, it is tough and it's difficult to understand. And um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit because you do um, all sorts of different um, things in the theatre. You have these different roles of mm -hmm. dramaturg, playwright, and director, and you have your own theatre company. And uh, and I was reading about Unlimited, and it sounds like you. Uh, are also exploring different platforms for theatre, such as the internet. And um, I guess uh, since Orla's been here, our new artistic director, actually, we've been talking about how she's noticed in Scotland this what seems to be a kind of trend of um, people working as uh, theatre artists um, who are uh, not just one role. They're doing exploring lots of different um ways of being in the theatre and mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you I mean again I guess it ties into this idea of collaborative working and exploring different platforms if you wanted to talk about that experience a bit um, well I think like with Unlimited it's something that has been developing quite from quite a small seed place maybe five years ago in terms of uh, how we were starting to just look at how we reached out to audiences and talked to audiences before they arrived at our shows. So show that we did about four or five years ago, The Moon, The Moon, had a, a particularly interactive kind of game that you played on the internet, um, which was created in association with Coney, who are an amazing company. Um, and so I, th so I suppose that was one of the earlier kind of beginnings of that. And then our last show that uh, we, we took on tour was actually um, for children and families. And so there was a main stage show, but that it also came with a game which took two hours to play and would be a game that a family could play together. So for sort of like four to five different people play it. it the, the show was called um, Mission to Mars and the game was called the Astronautical Challenge. So you could fly up into space and do some science tests and then yeah. if you won or not you would find out whether you're going to be blown up in your return trip <laughs> it's always got to be some death in there somewhere mostly people survived though it has to be said um and then there was another part of that which was um uh, for schools where there would be live interaction through the internet um to take part in in fact, take part in the training that the two major characters in the main stage show, their their training is teenagers. And so the school children who were uh, 10 and 11 were able to take part in Gail and Stefan, that was the characters' names, their um, teenage training as astronauts. Um, and so through this, we're sort of beginning to explore sort of in, in some ways different levels of reality and storytelling, fiction. So you have a story that's set in the future, um, but you can, in the present, 
meet up with the teenage selves of oh, the characters and get to know them. And they, those teenage characters are the mentors for 10 and 11 year olds online and they get to play. And then, and, and then what happens in the story of the game is that they're supposed to be just kind of being um, sort of, uh, as, you know, being taught by Stefan and um, Gail. And then, of course, Gail and Stefan, they have a terrible accident in the middle of the desert on their training. And so the children in the play in the um, in the school have to work to save Stefan and Gail, you know, in the desert and work out where they are and sort of do all these different scientific things to uh, to help them. So there's sorts of it's about playing really with mm. like all, of course the children know on some level that this is probably just a game, but there's enough of a kind of gap because of the technology it makes you go, oh if I want to I can believe in this because it's not going to break it's going to feel like it will really respond and it makes uh, it, it just makes it, it kind of makes me as and, and us as artists really aware that there are lots of possibilities that these new technologies these new ways of communicating these new ways of telling stories are beginning to sort of open up um, and make different kinds of connections with theatre audiences but that's never to take away from the power of an audience sitting live or standing walking live interacting with the live performance as well you know i don't think it's neither or it's it's about the two things being absolutely connected and working together oh it's beautiful idea but there's so so many other things that it could could be so it's very exciting i think and presumably as these technologies keep developing, then there's more and more ways of playing with that interactivity. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the challenge, I think, in terms of, you know, artists now working with different technologies is to, to really be artistic with them. And not. I think initially it's, you just kind of need to work out how, to, how it works. And then sometimes I think there's a... It's easy to think, oh well, how can I make this sell my work? But actually, there's there's lots more levels that we can work with it, so, so that it's truly integrated and yeah. has a reason. Yeah, for that being is just there. as yeah that it has as much integrity to yes. it, I suppose, as every other part of the work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, sadly, we're um, quickly running out of time as usual, and I had so many more questions I wanted to ask you. Um, but I think uh, one of the important things I wanted to ask you about was um, that one of the um, exciting reasons that Anna's coming here seems to have to do with Stellar Quines and International Women's Day on the 8th of mm-hmm. March and the Quebec Council in Edinburgh's 50th birthday. Oh, okay. I that right. Right. Um, and so uh, with all these um, important connections having to do with um, women going on, I just wanted to ask you a bit about how you feel about being a woman playwright, if that is something that you think about, or do you just think about yourself as a playwright? What are the opportunities and challenges of that? And if you wanted to say anything else about Agent 160, because I know, again, that's an important initiative to do with women in playwriting. Yeah. Um, gosh. <laughs> Sorry, it's quite <laughs> a massive that's a lot. Subject. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, s- I suppose there's sort of lots of different levels to answer that on. I think at the point where I sit down and try and think of something to write about and try and write uh, something that I want to put on in front of an audience, I don't think of... I'm not thinking of myself as being a woman. I'm thinking about characters. I'm thinking about situations, political situations, or the world outside my window or the world that I'm walking through. And I don't 
I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to tell, I suppose, how much of the way you see the world is coloured by your gender or your gendered experience. Um, I think it's an incredibly complex um, question, really, uh, the effect of um, being a woman on your career as a writer. And that's one of the things that Agent 160 is addressing, I think, in a really interesting way, because it's addressing it with work rather than with um, a, a, an assertion of this is the way it is. Although there are some statistics which, you know, the statistic that one six, Agent 160 puts forward is comes from Sphinx Theatre that says that um, I think in the past five years it's only been 17% of new work that's been produced in the UK, I think. It might be England, but it is, is by women. So if that's true which it might not be, that kind of gives you a sense of there might be, because mm -hmm. statistics are always open to question, but there might be some work still to be done in terms of women playwrights being able to get work and get paid for that work. Um, so so there's that level as well, of very kind of sort of like clear political questions and research that might need to be done which it's just worth engaging with, I think, and that's why I'm really excited about Agent 160 and just really excited about the work as well because I think everybody's everybody's of a like mind in that they want to put great work on stage, first and foremost. Um, in terms of Anna, that was one of your questions, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Anna and International Women's Day. Um, I understand that Anna has been really quite exciting in terms of bringing... Um, the two uh, sort of political nations, if you like, of Scotland and Quebec a little bit close together. There are conversations that are being sparked in terms of um, the, you know, the people that work and live there through the play. So I don't, it's not necessarily the play itself, but the fact of the play, the, the fact of the production, the fact that there's a production with um, a half Scottish and half um, Quebec cast and crew, production, all of that. So that kind of level of international collaboration, I think, is really exciting. Um, does that begin to answer your yes. enormous question? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you did an excellent job. That's really wonderful. Okay. Um, I'm sure we could go into uh, many more. Yeah, I um, mean, I I, there's a lot of things that I wrote in my um, PhD, mm. uh, well, researched and didn't come to any conclusions. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just kind of really aware of how complex the question is uh, and I don't have any kind of easy answers. Yeah, and I mean, it's something working in the literary department in a new writing theatre it, it's something um, and being a, a woman and hmm. most of the people in our office are women so you know there's these strange uh, kind of uh, mixed feelings about on the one hand if we feel almost like there's too many women in our office and as we want <laughs> you know it'd be nice to have some male I in mm -hmm. interaction people to interact with as well um, but at the same time when uh, we're working with playwrights we do you know uh, you want to um, try to put the best work on and it's about figuring out uh is that about finding making sure that people have enough support women have enough support to be producing good work and what is it about men and women in terms of their uh ways of putting their work forward and um climbing the ladder for instance yeah no, absolutely there's all sorts of develop. things about actually promoting yourself mm. that 
can be sort of you know there sometimes not always but sometimes there can be too much emphasis on the need to promote yourself as a writer and promote your work and rather than actually doing the work um but also, I suppose, there's some type th there are other questions about whether women write differently to men. I absolutely don't know what the answer is to that. Um, but maybe that even the perception that that's true can sometimes create barriers for both men and women, maybe. I don't know. So... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder it's good that uh, people are thinking about it, yeah. I suppose. And I, I think you're... Um, working collaboratively, having a, a female and a male playwright writing a play together is a really interesting other way of maybe finding other ways to mm. work that uh, that uh, represent both sexes equally, though, of course, more women playwrights. Always yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. More parts for women as well. Yeah. You know, because maybe you could be a very successful woman playwright and be successful because you're writing great parts for men and not enough women. And there's so many fantastic women actors out there who don't work enough so yeah yeah oh well claire it's been such a such a joy to have you here thank you so thank much you. for coming along and i just can't wait to see anna and all sorts of other things that you're working on the agent 160 play and um so much more to come um so good luck with everything and and we can't wait for the rest of of everything you're going to be producing um thanks so much for being with us today and thank you everyone for joining us for another travcast and please join us next month for another one thanks okay. very much thank you We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.